Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey everybody, we're back. Episode 156 of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. We've got something big to celebrate today. We have. Um, Rick broke 90. (laughs) 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 Only just. (laughs) 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 Um, No, we have been now officially on the air for three years. We have indeed. Happy Happy three year anniversary. Guy, happy All three year birthday! Here's the next three. <laughs> Here's the next three. Um, yeah. So, what you'll know the exact date. What was it exactly? Was it put me on the spot now? It was. I think it was Friday of this week. Just gone. So that would be like second or something. No, maybe the fifth or something. Some, anyway, fifth of November. Let's say it. Uh, we released the first podcast in 2019, um, and here we are, 156 episodes later. It's crazy. Who do you want to thank? Uh, whoa! Uh, now you've put me on the spot. You. Oh, thank you. For making me do it every single week. Yeah, forcing. Forcing me. Get on that bloody mic, Rick. Put your phone down and get on the mic. No, I'm joking. Um, The team behind the scenes, so Matt, who does the podcast. um, It's not always been Matt as well. Harry's been involved. Uh, The guys who work for me who set up these wonderful cameras. I want to thank Black Magic for giving these wonderful cameras that are amazing. Um, Yeah, just kind of of a lot of goes on behind the scenes to get to this product out yeah believe it or not <laughs> and uh it's exciting it's it's really cool we've done two live shows one in manchester one in london maybe explore that into 2023 again yeah um this was funny actually uh, james robinson yes um he sent me a whatsapp over the weekend and he had half a golf ball okay <laughs> and it was a resin Golf ball. Okay. Give the significance you can remember. Yes, from the cutting them open at the show. At the Manchester Golf Show. And somebody at the Manchester uh, live show that we did. And one of his clients came to a lesson with him with half this golf ball and said, Is there any chance you can get Rick and Guy to sign this golf ball, this oh, half wow. a golf ball? So, <laughs> so at some way. point, we're going to be signing half a golf ball. Um, yeah, it's been a really fun journey. We've really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you guys listening, watching, thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already, if you're watching this on the second, channel just a heads up you might not be aware you've not subscribed to this channel so make sure you subscribe to it we're fast approaching 200,000 subscribers on the second channel so if you can get us over that by the end of the year that would be phenomenal and also if you're listening make sure you're subscribed on every single platform whether it's well the one you listen to on mainly but apple music or spotify or whatever it is but it's been a fun ride and we are 
looking forward to many more episodes coming your way soon. Absolutely, yeah. Big thanks to everyone in, in the clubhouse. You, you guys are oh, my yeah, favourite. And you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the ones of you not in the clubhouse yet, um, I don't want to thank you until you listen to all of them. So if you've, there's 155, now 156 for this one to listen to. If someone has spent 100 episodes listening, I'm not thanking them because they've not done it all yet. Oh, wow. Only when you've got them all. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, and we asked in the group as well, in the Facebook group, about people's favourite uh, memories. And people love the guest, Rick, so we'll hopefully get some more guests going forward. And Mike Swiffin said, I enjoyed the darts and badminton phase. Oh, well, they, yeah. were, they were quite short-lived. They were. Um, what the next phase will be? 2023, I think Rick Shields have some big phases. Kayaking. Well, there's something I've yet to announce. I'm running the marathon next year. Oh, wow. So I'm doing the London Marathon in April. So there'll be there'll be marathon running talks. I know we've had a little <laughs> bit of running chat already on the podcast, but there might be a little bit more moving into next year. Um, yeah, what could be another sport? Kayaking. I, the one I don't think I'll ever get into, mm-hmm. personally, fishing. Fishing, no. No, and it's no offence to any fishers out there. It's just not something that's really appealed to me. But I feel like fishing and golf should go kind of hand in hand because you can do them on your own. Yeah. They're kind of quite, pe- well, should be quite peaceful. We know golf isn't that peaceful, which we're going to come on to in a minute about peaceful golf and not peaceful golf and bad golf and um, I video. It, I wonder if it's stressful when you've had a bad day fishing. I reckon if you're really competitive, potentially. Yeah. But in theory, it's supposed to be about getting out in the fresh air and enjoying yourself, as is golf, actually, isn't it? And golf's very, really relaxing. Yeah, true. I feel like you can have bad luck in both sports. Yeah. <laughs> well, today's podcast, we're going to come on to, we're going to talk a bit more in depth, a little bit more in depth about um, your golf <laughs> at the Belfry. To... <laughs> I'm guessing the vast majority of people watching this have seen the Belfry episode of Break 75. So we're going to come on to that in depth and talk about your bad golf and actually how well the video went down, which is great. That's thanks for everyone for watching. But people like, not liking you see, not, start again people like seeing you play bad but not in a horrible way in a relatable way yeah and there was some bad golf played by the pair of us which we'll come on to um but i had a weird weekend okay something weird happened what happened right so well, two two weird things one, one more so weird so on um saturday night me and my wife went to trafford center okay, okay. This, actual, was bon- this was bonfire night yeah we weren't into the but we couldn't be bothered going out okay. for it really so we went to trafford center had a bit of a look around had some food as we were leaving um, there was three kind of youngish blokes kind of walking towards us, um, probably about late 20s, early 30s, whatever, I don't know. And you were thinking, you've got a flex there, your chest was out, protecting, protecting your wife. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we just had to cut something there I said that wasn't... Um, allowed. Allowed. <laughs> anyway, so these three lads were walking towards me, one of them had a tattoo cap on, so he's okay. obviously, he was a golfer, and you thought they might be golfers. So there's three lads walking, one's got this tightless cap on. As we're walking past, they kind of look at me and one says, all right, guy. I said, oh, hi, are you all right, lads? Whatever, yeah, yeah, no. Obviously watch the videos or listen to the podcast. That's not that unusual. Thankfully, many people obviously watch them and we see them in the great, blah, blah, blah. The next day, I'm um, in Wigan, right? So for people who are from far away, Wigan to the Trafford Centre is probably about a 25-minute drive. Yep. We've been to Sainsbury shopping. And we then nipped into B&M Bargains, where okay. you get like loads of sweets and stuff for, for good prices. So we went in and I got some brown sauce. Okay, wow. Big, big thing of brown sauce for beans on toast. And um, we, we, had some... a, we had a beans on toast stage. Yeah, we did have a beans <laughs> on toast stage. That was we really scraping the barrel at that point. We had a beans on toast stage. Anyway, I got my brown sauce. And then my wife went some sweets. And, you know, Starburst used to be called Opal Fruits. Well, they've now rebrought out Opal Fruits, oh. if you knew that. I didn't. So she wants an Opal Fruits. Okay. 
So about the till, I've got brown sauce yep. and opal fruits, right? <laughs> Bit weird combination, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and she then leaves me and says, I've had enough of you, you've ruined my life. No, she said, uh, I'm going to Sainsbury's. I forgot something, right? So I said, okay, I'll, I'll wait for this. So I'm stuck at the till with <laughs> brown sauce and opal fruits. And these kind of shots, there's a bit of a rule of thumb where if somebody has got loads of shopping and somebody behind them has only got one item or two, they sometimes say, do you want to go before me? Yeah. And this couple had loads of stuff. They didn't say that. So I had to, oh. which is fine. That's that's how cues work. So I was looking on my phone, killing a bit of time, scrolling, put my phone away, looked. Some lad was looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably thinking, why is that guy <laughs> got brown sauce and opal fruit? Is there somebody so, else that also dips their opal fruits in brown sauce? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> so I kind of awkwardly smirked. I went, all right. And he went, all right, guy. He went, hi, mate. He went, this is weird. I went, what? He went, I saw you stay at the Trafford Centre. No way. I was like, were you one of the three lads? He went, yeah. I was like, that's weird. He went, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> he went, do you live around here? I was like, not far. I was like, how bizarre is that? Really Some strange. random lad, two day, two times in like 24 hours at totally different places. Um, but it was a bit embarrassing that I was wearing the exact same outfit as the day before. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from a box of shorts, socks and t-shirt, I had the same trainers on, the same tracky pants on, the same jumper on. Did he, did he have the same uh, tightless hat? Well, I don't think he was the tightest hat wearer. Uh, I couldn't remember their faces, but um, yeah, that was a bit weird. That so that was strange. the first weird thing. And the second weird thing, this isn't as weird, but um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube on the TV. I yes. think I've said to you before. And I had this weird obsession recently with watching North Korea documentaries, right? Okay. I don't know why. I just quite enjoy it. On last night, on Sunday night, I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch a South Korea documentary. Okay, it's mix a bit, it a bit, up. bit different, a bit not? more of a lighthearted feel. So what ran, variety? That's the kind of life I live. So I searched on YouTube. It's a great app, YouTube, by the way. It's and really I searched good. for South Korea vlog, right? Came across this couple, okay? <laughs> kind of standard, like, YouTube vloggy. Hey, guys, we're in South Korea today. I'm just going to place it on the microphone. Hopefully you hear it. Listen to what happened next. You ready? Yes. Dinner time. What? They were using our song. Now, it is royalty-free music that other people can use, but how dare they use our theme tune to the podcast for a documentary? Is that the one we have now? Yeah. That's our podcast. That's our podcast. Oh, my goodness. Um, right. Co- <laughs> copy, right, strike that couple in South Korea. How dare they? Um Oh, you've had a, you've had an incredibly interesting weekend, guys. I have, and I've got a game for you now. Okay, you ready for this? Before so, we go, on, oh, can on, I just say I almost got hit by a firework on Saturday. Oh wow! Please tell me but about no, that. No big deal. No go on. Went to some friends. Friends are friends. Mutuals. Well, no, it was a bit bizarre. But anyway, back garden firework. I, I hate back garden fireworks. I actually think they should mm. be banned. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but I went anyway, and you, you're never in the right place, and the and the you know the. The parameters are never right. Anyway, a rogue firework shot sideways into the Was it a rogue crowd, ST? Oh. <laughs> into a, <laughs> that's pathetic. Into a crowd. And uh, luckily no one was hurt. But that's the second time now I've almost been hit by a firework. Yeah, you've got to be careful with fireworks, haven't you? So anyway, that, that's literally, and I'm not joking, the best thing that happened to me this weekend. Wow. The best. Wow. <laughs> so it was, a, it, was a, it was a quiet one, let's say the least. So come on, watch your new game. So right, this isn't necessarily going to happen a lot, but I have taken huge inspiration. I need to give a shout out. So friend of the show, John Robbins, who's been on the podcast three times now. He's got the hat wow. trick ball. He has a podcast with his friend and fellow comedian, Ellis James. And I'm a huge fan of it. I listened to it for a long time. Can we still be friends with him though? Ooh. Because so since... Coming on our podcast, the number one podcast in the whole of golf, 
three times. Yeah. And being on the live show. Yeah. And and generally being a friend. Yes. Okay. He's turned his back on us. Yes. He and he set up his own golf podcast with some golf professional called Beef. You yeah. might have heard of him. And um yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, they are. And it's on a Tuesday. Do not listen to it. Don't give them any more. Don't even... In fact... Let's delete all this segment. Do not listen to John Robbins and Beef Johnson's Clubhouse. No, it's not called Clubhouse. What's it called? Um, it might as well be. They did an episode about Club. Yeah. I'm joking. No, it's Is good. it not called The Club or something? The uh, Beef's Golf Club. Beef's yeah. Golf Club. Yeah. Uh, John is a friend. He's a great guy. And uh, I, in fact, I don't yeah, So you can't see my book. Um, in one of his very old podcasts about five years ago, they did a game. And the concept was John is a Harry Potter fan, okay? okay. And his co-host Ellis hates Harry Potter. Okay. So we gave him 10 names, okay? And Ellis had to say if it was someone out of Harry Potter or Harry Notter. So it's <laughs> nice. a character, right? So I thought, I've got one for you. Okay. I've copied it, basically. It's called US Open or Nopen. Oh. Okay. Okay. You started playing golf in the year 1997. I did. So I have been online and I've looked at some of the players who played in the 1997 oh US Open, right? The way it works... Why are the US Open, by the way? Because there's better names than the actual Open. And if you get it correct, you will get a point. Okay. If you get it incorrect, I get a point, okay? Okay. And there's 10. Okay. The US Open or a Nopen? No, exactly that. Okay, ready for your first one? Go for it. Dick Mast. Is he a golfer no, who's played in the US Open or is he a Nopen? Yeah, but have you made these have you made these names up so if there's not five that it? I've made up and there's five that are real, okay? Dick you've not made that name Dick up. Dick Mast. Is he a US Open <laughs> or is he a Nopen? I mean I can imagine him being very popular on another website. Um Dick Mast. It's, the name is too bizarre. So you're going for open? No, I'm going to go for an open. Okay, you go for an open. That's I think he's not played in the open. One point to Guy. Dick Mast played in the US Open in 1997. Oh, Dick Mast. Dick Mast. What a name. Next one. <laughs> Corey Clark. He uh, He's an opener. He's an open. 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 US Open. That's incorrect. Oh, God. Corey Clark did not play <laughs> oh, God. in the US Open. Was that a name you just made up? Nice. <laughs> well, it could be real people as well. But next one, Brett Byrne. Is he a US Open or is he a Nopen? Brett, this is a good game, by the way. Uh, Brett Byrne. Mm. You can play along at home as well, by the way, when you're in the car. I think he is a. Oh God! You have to rush you. Opener. He's an opener. Oh, Another one down. For God's sake. Okay. This is three nil to guy. Christ. Next one. <laughs> Randy Wiley. He, he's an opener. Correct. Yeah. That was I remember Randy. <laughs> Next one up. Very American. Slade Adams. You can't have made a name up called Slade. He's an he's an opener. Correct, Rick. Yeah. Three great. two. He's pulling okay. it back. He's okay. It back. Here we go. Next one. Nice simple name. Ian. Crane. That's Ian Crane. Opener. It's an opener. Oh! I've gone in there with a nice, simple oh. one to catch you. Okay, next one. We've got uh, four more. Mike Hulbert. Or Hulbert. You can pronounce it how you want. Mm, Michael Hulbert. Imagine if one of these guys are listening to in the car. It may now. well be. You know, 20, however many years later. 25 years. 25 later. years later, they go in. 
God, I got mentioned on the did podcast. Did Mike Hulbert tee it up in the 1997 US Open? Or did I make him up? Is he a nopen? I think he's a US Open. Correct. I pulled it really back here. So it's 4-3 to Guy. Right, come on. Next one, Ben Spence. Is Ben a guy who teed it up in the Open? Oh, is he a big fat nopen? I'm also trying to think of like if you've come up with names, and you've I know you've done this this morning. I presume you've been like looking around, going, "What name could I make up here?" We'll I'm you. gonna say he is a nopen. Correct. Ben is my friend. Great. Okay, for all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's five. Oh no, yeah, you got the point. Sorry, Matt's, you did you say? I said nopen. Yeah, correct. So it's for all. You're correct. Come on. Oh, down to the last two. Okay, I think you might get this now. I don't know because I might have thrown a little curveball in there. Taylor Bell. <laughs> okay. How, by the way, how many have we had a split of no pens and opens at the moment? I, I, does that give it away too much to help you, do you think? Or? Well, because if we've had six no openers, it means that the next next two are definitely going to be openers. Okay. We've, we've got a nice split, so I'm going to say. Okay. Taylor Bell. Taylor he's here, guy. Bell. I can, I can picture him now on the first tee. He's wearing a visor, he's got spiky hair. Taylor it's the, it's the era of baggy pants and baggy shirts. Or oh, have I made him up? You tell me. It's a name that you would have definitely spotted on the list. I think he's an opener. He's an opener. Oh! Five, four. You need to get this last one. Maybe you will get this last one. I don't know. Was it another curveball? Rod Butcher. He is an opener. Correct. So it's five all. Five all. Good game. Very, you know what? I'd love to know how people did at home. That was a very good game. Let's, <laughs> let's maybe do another show later on down the line. I feel like five all was fair. Yeah. Should we do a decider? Now. Pull up a name oh. or, or make a name up. Okay. I'm going to go straight on. So if okay. you just want to keep the audience excited. <laughs> opener on opener. That's <laughs> the name of the show. Did he play in the US Open in 1997? Okay, so I'm finding it now. And I'm going on. For, for, to my record, I'm going to the Golf Channel. Okay. Okay, I've got the leaderboard. Okay. And I'm going to find one. Or, or I'm going to make one up. Or not. Yeah. So I'm looking like I'm finding one. Oof. Okay. Okay, let me just find one that I might use, and then I this might also a, make me This one up. is the decider. Five all okay, okay. in the match. And I will be verifying this. Okay. If... Right, so I've looked at some. Now I'm going to make one up. Okay. So it looks like it could be either way. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay. Greg Forrest. Oh, I feel like you would know someone called Greg Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would I know someone called Greg Forrest? I know Stephen Tree, John Plant, and Ian Bush, but I did not know anybody called Greg Forrest. I feel like you do. Um, oh, God. And I think you've done something sly where you've you've actually found a, a first name of someone who played in the Open and then made up a second name. Before we announce if Greg Forrest is real or fake, what would Greg Forrest look like if he was a player in the 1997 US Open? Would he have been young, old, Jer medium? Journeyman. Yeah. He's qualified. Yeah. He's a pro at the San Diego... Uh, San, uh, sorry, San Francisco Municipal. Okay. Okay. He's worked in the shop forever. He had real prospects. Yeah. You know... In when he, you know, he, he once upon a time played in a qualifying group, three groups behind Jack Nicholas, okay. and that's his claim to fame. I feel like he might 
have iron head covers as well. So I'm a bit quirky about him. Iron head covers, yeah. Lives in a trailer. Yeah. On his third wife. Yes, I like that. Seven kids, he thinks. Mm. Okay. That's Greg. But does he exist? <laughs> <laughs> but did he? That, Greg Forrest do, exists in that capacity, but did he play in the US, <laughs> did he play in the US Open? Oh, I'm going to say, this is going to really annoy me if I get this wrong, but I, I'm trying to work out your psychic rather than the name. I'm going to say he is <laughs> an open. You got it. And you know what? You're working as well as on found a Greg town. Yes! And I, I went, I'll was. have the Greg and I'll get rid of that and I'll throw in a forest. <laughs> you read me like a book. I knew I knew that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just trying to think, how would I do this? And I think that's how I'd do it. Yeah. Well very done. good. Very good. Well, I'll I'll come next week, I'll come with a counter game. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll 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 go. I I'm one nil up in the series. Yeah. But I'll come I'll come and challenge you next week. Okay. So just to know, um, except we are ripping off Ellison John's podcast by doing nope. games. No, yeah. no, we don't. But he's t- he's in a golf podcast, so it's all even. It's all, all square. Fine. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> a quick email before we get into your um golf. And this kind of like does link us nicely into it, actually, Rick. So I've had an email. Oh, we've had lots of good emails. If you want yours read out, what what should people do? Podcast at rickshields.com. Easy as that. Don't actually send an email. Just 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 write to that. <laughs> just shout it. Just Have shout an idea it. in your head and go. Send this to podcast at richshields.com. So this is from a guy called Tom. Okay, and he's asked for some advice, and I think you're qualified for this. <laughs> it says I am 17 years old, and I play off a three handicap. I shot recently a 70 around Royal St George's, Wowzers. which is the open venue of 2021. I only missed one green and one fairway. Okay, wow! But took 37 putts. I was two under having birdies on seven and 12. Then I was standing over a 30-foot putt on the 16th and three-putted. I then made a good par putt on 17 and I found the green on 18. All I needed was a two-putt from 20 feet to have my first ever 69. That's his golf score. Isn't it? Obviously. Um, I three-putted and wanted to burst into tears. Two weeks on, I'm still having nightmares about the 18th green. How can I get over this? So basically, he's three-putted on the 18th green. If he had two-putted, he'd shot 69. He's gutted. He's, two weeks later, he's still gutted. How does he get over this? Can I'd, like, you... I'd like to question the, the legitimacy of his score. Okay. What par is Royal St. George's? Uh, let's have a look. Because <clears throat> how has he had 37 puts and shot, I'm presuming, one or two under par? No, he shot level par. 70 is, 70 um, is the, is the it par. Must be. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, yeah, it is. It's 70 is the part. Okay, fair dues. Oh, well, listen, don't he's, lie. He's allowed to... Well, is it anonymous or he's got his name? He's called Tom. Tom. Um, I won't say his, his surname because you called him a liar. <laughs> Tom Forrest. Let's call him. So, yeah, I feel... I feel From now on, by the way, every anonymous email, I'm going to call him the first name, then Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I feel that, first off, for a 17-year-old, I, you'll remember this as well, it was so frustrating playing. It's still frustrating playing bad now. But as maturity grows, you'd like to think you can handle it better. You've done it more often. But when you are young, it feels like it hits you mm-hmm. really hard, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like when you, when you, I remember being a junior golfer. You know, I started playing golf when I was about 11. 
and through that that stage between 11 and 16 but if, well, 11 and now but 11 <laughs> and 16 like if, if i had a bad round or it would really affect me because it felt like it was your life hit the nail on the head 100 it is when I, i'm exactly the same at that age you've got golf you've got school and some family equipment whatever it might be but in reality if you play bad at golf that means so much more if you play bad at golf now and you go home you've got kids who want your attention you've got a business to run there's more going on isn't yeah there? it feels like it's the it, the, the centre of your universe yep. at that time. And I think what Tom needs to be aware of, I mean, the fact he's knocking on the door, breaking under power already is phenomenal mm. at 17. He's obviously played really well. It's not been like a fluke round of golf. Do you know what I mean? Where he's kind of, everything's gone his way. He's hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. So he's obviously got the promise and the potential. Just keep putting yourself in those yeah. positions. It'll happen. Do you know, it's, it's probably frustrating now, but you'll learn from it. So next time you're in that position, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable to achieve those goals. Um, if goals were easy and you could do them, without really too much stress or pain, they wouldn't be worth achieving. You know, as well, that's good, great advice, as always. But I've thought of a new way of trying to process golf because golf is, as we all know, anyone listening to this either obviously plays golf or has a very deep interest in golf. There's two things I've started to try and think of. Everyone listening to this, whether you're, I don't know how many tour pros listen, if any, but anyone listening, whether you're a tour pro or you've not even played your first round of golf yet, has to accept, everybody listening, you will lose a golf ball again. You'll go out of bounds. At some point in your life, you'll go out of bounds. That's you're gonna yeah. at some point in your life you're gonna miss a two foot putt. Yeah. Everyone listening, I don't care again if you're a tall pro or not, you're yeah. gonna miss a two foot putt. We you're see gonna, it. you're gonna three putt for a record it's score. Gonna Something's gonna happen. It's frustrating, but it's gonna happen. And the second thing I thought of, and this is from my own experience, and I'm really happy this happened in a very bizarre way. That breaks at me five recently where I played really well at Wilmslow. People who've watched it will know, and I saw quite a few comments on this. I missed a putt on the last hole that was for level par. We talked about this briefly last week, and it was a two foot putt. And I was a bit gutted, and obviously people commented, oh, guy, I felt for you then, or how was Guy not more annoyed and missed that putt? And because it was on it's very rare, obviously, regular people, including myself, would see the golf again on video. This was an instance where I had it on video. I watched the video back, and I thought, right, okay, if you gave me that putt again and said, Guy, you've got another chance at that putt, let's forget that one happened. Let's give you a mulligan, real-life mulligan, have that putt again. And I did it, and I would hold it. But there was a counter-offer as well. So you've, you've hold the putt, however... What you've also got to do is is the golfing gods are going to pick one golf shot with, they want you to play again, and you have to do that one as well. Yeah. So next thing, okay, I've not this two-foot put in, that's great, but I've got to hold a, a 12-footer that I did again earlier yeah. on, or I've got, to, I've got to hit a great bunker shot, yeah. I've got to hit a great recovery shot. It's very easy to focus on the shots that didn't go in, clearly. But how many times we play golf where good shots happen? And it's the same for, for Tom here. He three-putted the last, that is frustrating. But I bet you in that round he had some great up and downs. To, to even county what you've just said there, you've got a really good point. First off, your putt on the last was a really tough putt. He had a lot of swing in it. But imagine again, you got that opportunity to play that shot again. But you, but because of that, you had to play the third shot into that green. Yeah, exactly. You might have missed the green and hit it in the bunker. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's it, it's um, golf has its ways of balancing out. Um, yeah, and I think you know the. You're always, I don't, even when guys have like, when Jim Fury went out and did he shoot like a 58 or something stupid, I'm sure he would look back at that round and go, oh, I left a couple out there, yeah. which is unbelievable to think. But if you actually honestly said, what about all the putts that you hold and all the shots that you got lucky with, you forget about those, you forget 100%. about the good breaks. Um, Do you think as well as part of us as golfers, well, say if you were a golfer and you were two under par on the 18th tee, you, all, you, you straight away think, I'm two under. If I par the last, I'll shoot two under score, whatever. 
you almost take that par for granted in a sense. You know what I mean? You almost yeah. think that, well, I'm 200 now, I need to stay, to, but you've got to still put the work in. Yeah. And I think when, when errors happen on the 18th hole or obviously the 18th green in particular, it does stay with you a lot more. But the 17 holes before that, yeah. things have gone well. Yeah, you know, if you've played well, things have gone in for you. Bunker shots have gone close or you did miss the out of bounds by a few yards. So it's very easy to focus on those shots. But, Remember the good shots. Take the rough with the smooth, Tom. And it will come back round and you'll be shooting in the 60s. I mean, it sounds like you're on well on track for that anyway. Um, talking about shooting in the 60s, yep. I almost did that front nine <laughs> last time I played golf. <laughs> you did. Um, so as Guy alluded to earlier at the episode, um, the latest break 75 has gone out. We teased it last week, this fact that it might never see the light of day. Um, glad it has gone out. For a number of reasons. One, it's killed it on views. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> thank you everyone for watching. It's the main thing. And two, I don't know, genuinely, and I, and I tried to remember over the weekend, if there ever been a video that's had so many um, positive comments, mm. you, you know, as a, as a whole, as, yeah. a, as a collection of a community. Um, I think that video very much shown I, I did it in the intro of the video golf is bloody hard and when it's not going your way it's very easy for it to get away from you and um as we said you know that that video could have looked very differently it could have been ridiculously edited it could have looked like i shot 73 but we didn't obviously it was all legit and it was all every, every painstaking <laughs> shot that I hit got put out on video for an 89 and you know i think at the start of the video i caveated that that i wasn't particularly impressed with my performance and i wasn't impressed with my attitude i think in the period of time playing i felt like my attitude was really 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 bad across on the video it didn't come across as bad but i was very moody and um but the positive the comments that have come through that says thank you for making it putting the video out it's relatable we all have bad rounds of golf you know it makes me feel better about my bad game of golf um hopefully people learn a valuable lesson after watching the video that you know, sometimes it doesn't go your way and you've got to, you've got to, you've got to accept that. That's golf. I've got two questions for you then. The second question, which we'll come on to in a minute, is how are you going to, I know you're not happy with your game at the minute. How are you going to hopefully rectify that? How are you going to improve? That's the second question. But the first question is something we, we've kind of touched on, but I want you to try and, I know mean, you will be as honest as you can and, and maybe a bit more in depth. There's, tell everyone listening and me, because I don't really know this as well. The actual journey you've been on from playing golf that day to getting home, so then debating what to do with the video, to releasing it, to the video going live, to, I guess, in checking comments, the feelings. You know, was there any mad stuff you ended up doing that you've not told me even where you've gone online and looked at your old swing and thought, oh, God, I used to swing it better or have you debated not? Like, what genuinely from from going out and shooting that score to now, what's the actual, again, journey, quote unquote, been like? I definitely think it helped the fact that we stayed over that night at the Belfry. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think well, even before that, though, at what point on the golf the, the day did you think, like, this isn't going well? What point do you think, I don't want to release this video? I think the probably the 10th. A hole that I absolutely love and look forward to playing. So I was eight over through nine. And you think, that, uh, that's not great. I had a really bad run of bogeys. But it was all, they were just really trivial bogeys, mm. weren't they? They weren't, I couldn't really put my finger on why I wasn't being able to get the hole in, <laughs> the ball in the hole. <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Less shots, but they were very trivial little mistakes. And I was, I was, the frustration was building, but sometimes that frustration can turn into almost a bit Tyrrell Hatton-esque and go into, can turn into mm. a really positive run, can't it? Yeah. Um, after the halfway house and, you know, scoffed a couple of sausage rolls and a beer maybe that was the mistake <laughs> but I, the 10th hole really 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 annoyed me because that is a hole that's famously short par four i've played it loads of times i've had great success on that hole i've, I've birded it many times i think i've even eagled it in the past and typically the worst score i'd get on that is a, is a five if, if the worst worst and i'm stood there with a three wood in my hand thinking I, I should be able to hit this on the green pretty comfortably or at least get close and to basically like top it, mm. I basically topped it into the water in front of me. And it's like, oh my God, like how is, you know, I think it was at that point I realized that my ambition of trying to shoot under par for the bat nine had evaporated pretty quickly. Mm. And I think I, su- I think 80 was my number that I thought if I can get in under 80 in this round of golf, I'll walk off this round of golf really, really kind of almost quite pleased because I shouldn't have shot 80 today or under 80. 
And as soon as that hole happened, the tenth, actually weirdly made an unbelievable up and down for boat for double bogey. It was like, oh, that all all the wind fell out my sails. It was like, oh god, I, I just want it to end now because I felt how I don't feel like I'm hitting it well enough to be able to string a load of good holes together but as well so explain this to people again listen if you were just if me and you were just playing casually you don't want to play badly but you wouldn't be that bothered but how does that differ then for people for people listening how can people relate to that feeling because people who go and play in a competition local competition they don't want to play bad so they feel what it feels like is that what it you know how can you what i'm trying to explain to people is how when you know that upwards of a million people might watch the video does that start coming up? Do you start thinking of that then? Or at what point are you so used to it now it doesn't even really cross your mind? It's more about the actual golf or there's, how does it feel? There's definitely uh, an air of um, concern in my mind about being judged. Mm. I think I think that's something that possibly all the time I've been on YouTube is something that y you're almost fighting those demons. You know, people are going to watch it. They're going to have an opinion. They're going to judge it. Suddenly, suddenly people are not going to like my channel because they see I'm playing bad golf mm. or you know so, suddenly someone is going to go you know what I'm not going to listen to this guy anymore because he doesn't know obviously doesn't know what he's talking about I think things like that start to weirdly go through your mind or irrational thoughts yeah. really um and it's just like um I want to make a really good video an entertaining video that comes across as you know it's enjoyable and that's separate from the golf really isn't yeah it? you know the, the the video production and and that's it it's very difficult and, and I'm, I'm very privileged in the position that i'm at that i get to play lovely golf courses get to film it get to make these nice videos you know it's 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 a it's a dream but sometimes when you've when you're thinking about golf and you're thinking about the production and you're thinking about the outcome you know i've done it before though it's, it's not something new it's not i've been doing this for 10 years but a lot of these little factors can suddenly kind of get on top of you and you're thinking oh for god's sake why why has it gone like this i wish i wish it hadn't gone this way um you know someone made a comment and I, I read it this weekend it was like you really need to focus on your golf if you want to go out there and break 75 don't talk as you're playing and and i'm thinking yeah but that's not what we're doing yeah. we're making a, a video it, you know it'd be a bit of crap video if i didn't talk all the way through you it. know what i've noticed more than anything from the comments on this video how few people i might be wrong in saying this this might just be a minority but it feels like it's a majority don't actually care what you shoot there's a there's a definite yeah wave of, of fans who watch and probably in the intent that we want them to watch it's an entertainment mm. product you know the video goes out every friday and it's just an entertainment where you can sit back and hopefully be entertained for an hour and whether that's a good round of golf a bad round of golf the camaraderie between you and me or me and other guests or whatever it may be the golf course that they've always wanted to play or been intrigued to play the way that we film it hopefully is very very good so you can you know appreciate the quality of the production and at the end of it, you, you watch that video and you go, I enjoyed that. That was worth the time. That was worth 50 minutes of my life because, you know, I enjoyed that product. Um, the Breaking 75 is more the, ser the series name as opposed to a real serious goal. Mm. Because, and again, that's the only one thing that frustrates me is like people say, oh, you'll never break 75 or, or come on, Rick, you've got to do this to try and break yeah, 75. Yeah, it's like it's a... But I've broke yeah, 75. Yeah. It's not as if that's a lifelong goal that I've always tried to achieve. Um, well, in simple terms, it's like if somebody had a series where they were just going to golf courses trying to play to the handicap. You know, yeah. like you've said before, your handicap probably is about a two at the minute, let's just say. Yeah. On a good day, which is what your handicap should be. If you play to that, you'll shoot 74. Yeah. If you have a bad day, it could be whatever. Yeah, so yeah, the 75 number is more the score that I'd, I'd expect to be shooting or roundabouts. Um, 
so yeah, so then the the double on eleven became then almost like a a, a bit of a fun kind of like oh my head's completely gone now because I had an unbelievable drive down yeah. eleven. I was hitting my driver really well that day. You did it a good one. I had ter- like the weirdest second shot in that green. I had a pitching wedge in my hand and I pulled it so far left. It got really plugged in the bunker, like horrendously plugged. Yeah. And at that point you think, well, nothing's going to go my way and, right and now. I know you kind of semi-joked about it and we've discussed it, but truthfully now, were you actually thinking this is never going to see the yeah. light of day? At what hole around now or a bit later on? I think it was probably on the par 3 15th. And then is there a part of you that feels like, well, the camera guys have, have come down, the golf course have given us the course, they're going to wonder why the video, yeah. there's all these things coming to your I, head. I was almost thinking, right, when can I rearrange this video? Because also I was going away. Yeah, I was going away for the week after. Yeah. So I was thinking, we can't film another episode in the time I'm going to go away. So it's not as if I, you know, if I was off the next week, I think almost me going away on, on holiday with my family helped that video be published because yeah. I genuinely believe if I wasn't going on on holiday, I think we would have. I think I would have probably wanted to reshoot that whole video. Wow! But so me going away, thinking, oh god, we've not got time. You know, the camera crew coming down. Um, I mean, we were down there for a meeting the day after, which we told you with uh, Flame Tade <laughs> products that we're seeing for next year. So it wasn't a completely, obviously, wasted trip as such. But you feel like God, you know. Um, I think. Th- th- weirdly as well and it's not the golf course's fault one bit they were super super help helpful for us often when we're out there filming it's we pick really quiet times of the day mm. and it was really slow that day it was. so i think sometimes that plays into your mind like suddenly you, your mind starts playing tricks on you because you, you've got more time to think about your golf but yeah 15 i three putted 15 the par three i think it was 15 or 14 the par three because I hit the green and it was like, right, I've actually hit a, a, a shot that looked like a golf shot. And then three put from nowhere. And I'm like, oh my God. I then play at par five. I hit a terrible tee shot left. I hit a decent three wood into the bunker on the right. I left it in the bunker. And then I got up and down. I think genuinely, I don't. I think if I didn't get up and down on that par five, I'd have probably called it a day. If you hadn't have released the video, I'm guessing you would have felt some level of relief initially because you'd be like, right, that doesn't matter. I can forget that. Would you have almost felt guilty to the audience? hundred percent. That they're not seeing a, a true round of golf. It, it was a lovely day mm-hmm. around a championship golf course. You know, I know how well it would have been filmed. I, I know it would have been a nice video, but that was the thing. It was almost my score in my head was ruined and my ability to play golf and, and genuinely my attitude on the day. And I think we the editors did a wonderful job to make it not look like I was being a spoilt little brat when I was playing. Um, I think all of that helped when I saw the product. Well, that's a big, you're right. That's a big thing that you like when you threw that ball in the water, that's something that you probably think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I don't want people to see me doing that. It's a bit, you know, we've all done it. But the fact that we then put like, well, the lads put like a meme bit after it, it's yeah. almost like you feel like you're laughing at yourself. So yeah. it takes that away that like, you don't like a spoilt brat so much. It's more like we're taking the mick out of yourself. <laughs> I think the other thing is that really helped as well and so when I went away to on holiday with the kids, and obviously I think about work and whatever, I thought to myself, what am I going to do with this break 75? Am I going to release it? Am I not? And I came up with this kind of idea. Well, I thought, well, I think it needs, if I'm going to release it, it needs, it needs an intro. Mm. It almost needs a bit of a, a bit like 
I always go back to that film Eight Mile. Yeah. You know when Eminem was stood on stage on the final rap battle and he basically slates himself. So you've got nothing else to say. So 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 the the other guy had nothing yeah. else to say. And I thought, right, that always kind of stuck in my head. And I thought, well, if I can almost get ahead of that tidal wave of negativity and I, I can come out and go, and we kind of even teased that on last week's podcast. I thought, well, if I can get ahead of that and, and explain and hold my hands up and go, this is me playing really crap. Just just be aware. Like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But I'm just letting you know, this is me playing really, really badly. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm embarrassed about the way I play. So I think me getting ahead of that, so it wasn't a complete surprise. Because if we'd, if you came into that video, the original star, I was so upbeat yeah. and energetic. And I think then if that continued, people would have been going, it would have been a journey. But it, it just, yeah, it just... It was like a spoiler alert without actually spoiling it. So, so when you're on holiday and stuff or after the round of golf, is this something you'll chat with your wife about? You say, oh, I played really bad to release it or just not really mention it? She, no, I, ne I never really... She, sometimes if I've played nicely, I'll tell her. <laughs> Shot 73. <laughs> if I've played bad, I'll, I'll sometimes just kind of go, and I'll, again, justify it to myself. I'll go, oh, God, I played bad today. But I said, you know what? I actually think people might enjoy it. Mm. So it's all... Because I do, I do know people will will enjoy watching it. I've seen that because again, as much as I don't agree with the psychology, I understand how golf fans love seeing tour pro struggle at the Open. Mm. You know, when they shoot in like high eighties and and they can't make par. I know there's a fan out there that loves seeing that. I'm not particularly that golf fan. I love seeing birdies and, and phenomenal golf that I almost can't even comprehend being able to do. So when I thought, well, you know, I still shot. And not a great score, but under the average of a, of a normal golfer, 89. I thought, well, you know, people might learn from it. They, they might be able to laugh and, and joke about it. They might m make them feel better about their own game of golf. Like all of those things kind of came into mind. And then kind of post that, I started to have a look a bit more of a reflection about, right, what do I actually need to do to be happy with my golf again? Because it's a weird one at the moment. This year has been very, very strange. We've done more Break 75 episodes. I'm, I don't even know how many we've done, actually. I've not counted no, this year. we stopped kind of numbering them, didn't we? Because we did 12 last year, and that was like through a three-month window, um, and, and it kind of had a start, middle, and finish. Yeah. This year, it's not. it had a start, but it's not, it's not had a finish. That was our objective to try and just roll it over. But I think with that, sometimes I feel like I'm almost on a treadmill where I can't actually just stop and take check of everything and try and practice and improve because each one of them are filmed, you know, week in, week out. So I've got a strategy for next year. I would like to film them. I want to film a little bit more in bulk and maybe go to a location, let's say Ireland, for example, and go and film five or six episodes in bulk. Because I think that's where I play better when I play more often, mm -hmm. you know, back to back to back. And then also having a bit more. So I've started a bit of a vlog. Um, that might go out this Friday in replacement for the Break 75, which is basically my journey to try and feel more comfortable in my golf game again. Um, so working out, you know, a couple. Of, I've been for a couple of lessons, or I've been for a lesson since I, I last on the podcast with Dan Whitaker, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, who got me swinging it really, really well, you know, years ago. Um, I need to look at maybe, you know, how can I work on my, on my putting? It's something I do need to work mm -hmm. on, on my, on my short game. How can I apply myself in a practice mode more for me i don't like practicing where i've got nothing to work on mm -hmm. it, it kind of bores me a little bit yeah just hitting balls yeah i know you like you yeah, like that don't I'm you into that now you like going to the range and, you, and you've been really good at that and you've seen improvement in your golf game because you've you've 
being during just routine, going to the range, hitting golf shots. Yeah. I feel like me just hitting golf shots, I just, I don't find it that enjoyable, bar when I'm using Top Tracer technology. <laughs> but for me, I want to be able to work on something when I'm hitting golf shots. I feel like I have to have a task. So whether it's, it's um, so with my lesson with Dan, which ho hopefully if the video looks good, we'll put it out Friday, working on stronger legs, working on club face control, working on a, on a path that's more exit left and up. And suddenly then I'm actually inspired to hit more balls. I actually didn't hit balls this weekend, but I went out in the garden quite a few times just with a club I have in the garden and just almost probably did about 100 swings without hitting a golf ball. And I, and I like that. Yeah. I need something to nibble onto and get my teeth stuck into. Um, so yeah, I've got a big match against the Tour Pro at the end of this month or early next month. We've not quite fully agreed it just yet. And I want to feel more competent in my game. I want to stand there and go, right, I think the worst I'm going to shoot is a 78. That's what I need to get to. That yeah. that In my mindset, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be someone who can go and shoot 65. I just I might do it once, you know, every blue moon, but very rarely. Like my mate John Beasley, who I caddied for in, in open qualifying, he went out this weekend and shot 63. I can't shoot that number. I just can't. I've, got, I've not got the game. Um, but... I just want to make sure that my worst round is is not disastrous. Yeah. That's all I want. I feel like I just want to get to a point when, where my worst round of golf is going to be a 78. And every now and again, I'm going to shoot in a, throw in a 68 out of nowhere. But most of the time, it's in between those, those well, 10 numbers. I, I get that. And I'd love to do the same. But in reality, is that actually achievable? I don't mean that for you. I just mean, for, like, when you look at Rory, world number one, he can go and shoot a 78, an 80. And for him shooting 80, that's got to be like you shooting a 90. Yeah. Seriously, hasn't it? So is it actually achievable that that will ever happen? Or do you think it's that you might shoot an 87 or whatever, but it's like literally once every three years, whereas now it could be more? I don't know. what what. How I'm, does that I'm, look? I'm trying to think of of a golfer. Like I per, I mean, and I'm not looked at stats. I, I can't imagine John Rahm ever shooting a big number. No, but just a, maybe not. But just a quick one then. You make John Beasley shot sixty three. What did he shoot at open qualifying? Oh, he shot eighties. Exactly. Yeah. And and that was in one way it's different. He was open qualifying, but he had the camera crew yeah. there, and he still did it. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't mean this in a disheartening way because obviously practicing your golf is going to massively improve and it'll definitely improve your good scores and it should improve your bad scores. But are those random ones? For everybody, still going to exist, possibly, and, and that's that's something I'm intrigued to see. Yeah, maybe it won't, and there yeah. is some golfers who are a lot more consistent. But like, I, I always go back to Rory again. I know I, I do that quite a lot, but he can literally go seventy-eight, sixty-five. And you think, how does that happen? Yeah, and and maybe it's the fact that yeah, I don't, I don't, can't sometimes comprehend of how they can shoot high scores because when you look at them shooting sixty-five, you can't imagine doing anything else, can yeah. you? Really. But I think for my own sake, for my own sanity, I've always, you know, I, I, I love playing golf. I love being able to create videos. I just feel like at the moment I'm getting in my own way and not maybe loving it as much because I just don't feel comfortable, whatever it is. Like, I remember the, the round at West Lanks was probably when it really, really started. The round, I just never felt comfortable that day. Like, Word, well, with that then, you didn't feel comfortable. But where does the balance then sit? And this is obviously a conversation we'd have off camera, but where does the balance then sit for you as a creator? If you know at the minute, Break 75 is hot, people are loving it, but you don't feel great in your game, which is obviously important for you. What, does it become hard to say, right, I'm going to have a few weeks off because you know the videos are doing really well and there's a, there's a thirst for them? I know, but it's it's if I didn't take a break, 
You, oh, I, I don't want to make them weekly. Okay. If I didn't, if I didn't stop making them, I don't want to make one this week. Yeah. Because you'd be game. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't want to go out today and make another one. Like the Belfry one, hopefully I'll look back at the Belfry one and go, okay, that was the turning point where you were like, right, that's the, that's, that was the change. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you need that, don't you? You need that. Yeah. You know, Catalyst sometimes, for change, yeah, sometimes you might sit on the, stand on the scales and go, right, <laughs> now it's time to do something. The Belfry was the binge, wasn't it? That was yeah. when you had five double cheeseburgers. Like, right, this you need to stop. Sat in the car. Exactly. It's too much. It, it's, I think you do need those points in time where you go, right, okay, it's got to this point. I'm not happy with it. Let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it all kind of coincides, you know, it's a good time of year to look at improving your golf game. Yeah. You know, the... Also, like the Belfry, and I said it in the video, the golf course was spectacular, but leaves like everywhere. It starts, we talked about it. Where, where were we? When we talked about it, where it felt like it had gone from summer to autumn really quickly. Marriott, when we yeah. filmed last week, it's gone from like summer yeah. to, to autumn slash winter. In no time. In like two weeks. And that, again, something you go, oh, do I want to play golf and when the weather's like this so it's kind of if this was may june i'd, I'd probably be like well it's sunny day let's get back out yeah. there and play but i think now it's not a nice time i think i'll probably park it till the end of the year early next year and then re bring it out feeling a bit more confident and again people listening doesn't mean we're not going to make content obviously i'll be making content it'll just be different mm-hmm. you know i've got a couple of opportunities to play some tour pros before the end of the year i've got um some opportunities to to vlog this journey of my improvement which i think could be quite interesting um and then hopefully next year get that kind of spark of playing golf and enjoying it again and, and like I say bulk recording these break semi fives um i can get excited for them yes would you agree i do i think um hopefully it has been eye-opening to people and relatable that Everyone plays bad golf, don't yeah. they? And the fact that, you know, everybody's got their own, um, like, almost concerns. So, for example, when you play a bad round of golf, you're thinking this is going to get seen by loads of people. But, you know, there'll be some people who go and they go and play a bucket list golf course and they want to enjoy it and they go with a few friends and they just play that bad that it becomes hard to enjoy it. And yeah. they feel gutted. They're like, I've waited two years for this yeah. golf trip and I've paid a fortune to come here and I'm having a great time with my friends. But... I'm playing that bad, it's hard to enjoy. Everyone's done that. Or there might be some people who, you know, it might be that might be their first time representing their golf club's golf team. Yeah. And they play the first match and they get beat seven and six and they feel embarrassed or whatever. You know, they've been given that responsibility, if you want to call it that, of playing, representing the team and they've played bad. They've experienced it. You know, whether it's somebody who is a good golfer at the club, who is in the club championship, who wants to go out and shoot a couple of 69s and you yep. go shoot 85, 82. Like it, it could be the time where you go and play with your boss for the first time, yeah, it, or you go and play with your your future father in law, or you know mother in law. That, that's it, and, it's and you like, make an embarrassment of yourself. Your situation is very unique in a sense that it's getting put in front of lots of people. The benefit is they've enjoyed it, but lots of people who go out and everyone, like I said, everybody's done it, and you, you shoot a horrendous score, but it, it does happen, and um, I think that's why people appreciate it, don't they? I feel like I'm, I'm in a weird position because let's say, for example, and and I'm sure. A hundred percent. If Rory went out and shot a high score, there would be a video on YouTube about his score, yeah. you know, and and every single shot. But there's a lot of people out on tour that would shoot in the eighties. It never see the light of day. No, there's no evidence of it. There's nothing. There's nothing to yeah. kind of attach it to. Where 
we know obviously if I go and shoot whatever score or make a video, it's going to, luckily, we've got a phenomenal audience who are going to watch. You know, that video's 800,000 views already. It's like, there's a part of that, that that plays on my mind, must do, whether whether it's not almost at the forefront of my mind, but it's, but it's in there somewhere. It's got to be. I think a big thing as well with with the potential criticism, and there's not been too much from what I've seen on the video, which is, is great, but there obviously has been at, at points, and you'll always get that, obviously, when you're putting yourself in front of millions of people. But I think sometimes that comes from, and I don't mean this to sound like almost condescending or whatever, but it's like, it's from people that don't understand. So because your YouTube channel is literally called Rick Shields PGA and you're a PGA pro, I think some people who are maybe newer to the game or not been around it as much or whatever, they think, well, you're a PGA pro and that means that you should be on the PGA tour, which obviously it doesn't mean that, does it? It means that you're kind of a golf professional who makes you live in from golf, whether that be coaching or having a retail store or whatever it might mean. You know, did you turn pro off like three or four or whatever? Yeah, I was off three. So... When you turn pro off three, that means you're typically on a good day shooting 75 on a golf <laughs> yeah. course. Now, just because I'm not, I'm not suggesting you think this, so I hope that this is clear, but just because you do your three years of qualification and, and come out as a PGA pro, it doesn't give you a magic wand when now you go and shoot 65, does it? it, Make, it, it, really, it you have less time to play golf. Well, exactly. It, it really doesn't mean that. So, and that's no, what not for one second a, a dig at anyone PGA. Obviously, like, you know, people that do the PGA training often do it to work in golf and the good golfers, you know, and... I think the UK average is an 18 handicap. So a four handicap golfer is far and above better than average. They're very talented golfers. But it doesn't mean you are a professional golfer. It means you're a golf professional, doesn't it yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's sometimes as well where some you know, people go, oh, you shot 89 and you're meant to be a professional golfer. It's like, well, it, it doesn't really mean that. It's a wit. It'd almost be better if, if I was classified as almost a semi-pro. Well, yeah, it is, yeah. You know, if this was football, you'd have you'd have your different layers. I think in golf, everyone gets tarnished with the same brush. As soon as you turn professional, yeah, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, me, we are now suddenly professionals. Yeah. But obviously, we all do different jobs in the industry. Well, and it's even the same in a, in, a, in a silly way of having a a scratch handicapper whose handicap is literally zero point whatever. And then you've got somebody who is a newly turned PGA pro who has just lost the status, but they're off four. Yeah. In theory, and this isn't always the case, in theory, the scratch handicapper should be four shots better. Yeah. But you both play off scratch. Yeah. So it, it can, it, you know, it can almost make your scores look worse because people are putting you in that different bracket. Um, whereas I can imagine at lots of golf courses this weekend just gone, there'll be a guy who's off three or a guy who's off four who's shot 95 yeah. it happens doesn't it on tough golf courses i mean maybe that could be one thing i look for next year is almost you know we did it a bit last year with the 12 episodes that we did i think we did it after 10 episodes it actually monitor the handicap a bit more because yeah. now professionals can get handicaps i think that would kind of maybe even help me justify where my game's at I think you're right i think we should either do that or, or do that as well or maybe the, the, the series is still called break 75 this is more like an off-camera conversation. But when you get to the golf course, you take into account how you're playing recently, yeah. how your swing's feeling, what the course is like, the course conditions, rating. the course... And you might go, right, in today's break 75, I'm actually trying to break 80. Yeah. It's about hard links course. And and again, the people aren't going to turn off because it's about it's trying to break 80. But it gives you that bit more leeway in your mind. Or equally, you could go... In today's break 75, I'm actually trying to break 70 because yeah. it's a course I know very well. It's it's calm, the greens are receptive, I'm swinging it great. And that might give us that bit more variety. Yeah. Or just call or change the number. Break, break 85. 85. Do it occasionally if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like, we, we want the number to be a, a question mark where it's like, sometimes I can, sometimes well, I won't. It. And that, that's, 
it's yeah. not it's not a goal a lifetime goal oh it's no exactly whereas jim golf started in a new one yeah. he's done break 65 where i think he's never shot that no. before and his whole kind of quest his journey again is about actually trying to get to play a game of golf one day where he can break 65 yeah. it's kind of a similar concept but yeah actually a different final result yeah. we're not going to end this video when you shoot 74 because you have done before yeah exactly better so yeah all good all good fun bad golf happens Bad golf happens. People throw golf balls away. People snap clubs. I've snapped a club as a junior before once. I have. Um, I actually really enjoyed it, you know. I got absolutely b my mum, but I really enjoyed it. What did you enjoy about it? The feeling of Just, power? Yeah. What Just, club was it? It was a, it was a, it's like a 9 iron. I was playing at Brockett Hall. Oh, yeah. In like the Daily Telegraph event, mm -hmm. a part of a junior team, and I was playing terrible. I, play, I got to this par three. I'm, that's why I'm presuming it was about a 9 iron or something, maybe an 8 iron. And I missed the green... And I, I just had enough, and I looked straight across my knee. Wow. I loved it. Wow. I, you know what, though? I actually didn't think it was going to break as easy as it did. You feel quite good about that. It can. It was so clean, and it made that really good metallic, like, cling. And I was like, for a minute, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. It serves you right, mate, <laughs> Iron. You get in my bag. And then there was a bit of regret, and then later on there was a lot of regret because I got toasted by my parents, but my mum. So, yeah. Just a quick one. Uh, Matt, how far are we in? Okay, just a quick one before we wrap this up, because I think that's been quite an in-depth analysis of your game, and you're going to improve by having lessons and seeing Dan Whitaker. and the next episode you'll probably shoot 62. That's great. Somewhere. Um, if you've got any emails, please email them in, podcast at rickshields.com. Join the Facebook group, all that good stuff. Rate us. But quickly, I witnessed something on Friday I was impressed with. Give you a bit of props after giving you a bit of stick about your game. You went to your old um, college, Myersco College, which is a... A college in just north of Preston. It's north of Preston, around the Preston area. Clusters Preston, Preston, yeah. And it's a college. It's got um, 5,000 students, apparently, that it do has. things like sports, golf, basketball, agriculture, um, all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. Equestrian stuff. And Rick went, and they were um, very excited to see you. I don't, should I say the thing that you got given? Or do you want to save that for another time, maybe? I was going to come on to your talk, basically, is what I was going to allude to. You can either come... I, I got given something by the principal, which I receive next summer. She's we'll, very, stay, we'll stay... Yeah. We'll keep, keep tight-lipped for that. Um, but you gave a talk in front of the students that study golf. There was the higher education and the further education groups. There's probably like a, like a textbook-like theatre kind of hall room thing, lecture theatre. And there was probably 40, 50 students, roughly. Yeah. And Rick gave like a two-hour kind of sit-down interview with Rick Daniels, who's the kind of the boss man of all the golf stuff, funny guy. And he was, he was impressive. I enjoyed it. Thanks. He got interviewed and grilled. Um, some quite in-depth things that you yeah. answered. I had to lean on you for a little bit of backup. Yeah, it was... You were sat in the crowd and I was like, they were asking me questions. I was like, I actually don't know if I know the answer to this. Yeah. The guy nicely jumped in, but really I, enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think on the topic of golf YouTube and, and building all that, it's possibly my favourite topic in the world to discuss. Mm. <laughs> but um, I, if I was, yeah, going on to mastermind, that's probably would be my expert topic. Um, yeah. There was a lot of young, there was a lot of these young people, they were obviously studying um, golf, basically. What's the actual, not degrees and, and foundation degrees, yeah. whatever. Um, and, th and those kind of people, they've got a great track record at Myersco for people that want to work in the industry of going on to do great things. Um, 
you've got your guys like Andy Carter, Peter Finch, yeah. um, Rick Shields, um, <laughs> loads of other guys who work for golf brands or work at venues like Mark Addison at JCB. So people are looking at getting into that. It's a great place to go. But there were a good bunch of, of um, youngsters. Yeah, it was good. They asked I some really questions at the end. And uh, we have got some, I won't spoil this, but we've got some videos lined up with these people. Um, with these students it's going to be exciting yeah we're going to film down there in a couple of weeks so it should be good so thank you very much for listening to the podcast thanks for being my uh, my counselling couch for the week and counsellor guy appreciate that my psychologist no problem. and uh, we'll see you all next week happy three year anniversary again birthday and uh, I don't want to say that to say that to myself peace we'll see you next week thanks for listening thanks for watching subscribe let's get over 200,000 by next by the end of the year yeah, nice. And do I'll, do, I'll do a quiz for you next oh, year. Oh, yeah, I'm looking next, next week. year? Oh, it probably will be next year, but you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> if I have one next week, I'll be incredibly I'm already impressed. leaving the table too late. Bye. <laughs>